This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Welcome to Talking Halos. This is Derek C. Apollo with my co-host, my partners in crime tonight, Jared Timms and John Crane, here for another episode of the show. We promised you guys a Sunday night episode, and then John wanted to watch the World Series. It's just all about John and the World Series. He loves cheering for the Astros now? What? What? Yeah, go Astros! <laughs> I'm not, I think I know why. I'm not going to ask. Jumping on the bandwagon. I don't don't want to even go there. That sounds dangerous. I'm not going to ask. You know what? Scherzer, though, I mean, uh, anyways, I'm going to go. Scherzer, I just don't, and I know I'm not an athlete, and you guys could jump all over me, but I'm going to throw out the Kobe Bryant card. How you don't at least walk out to the mound on one of the most significant games, the most significant game in Washington Nationals history. And it, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if we wasn't allowed to. I just don't understand how Scherzer doesn't at least go out there, do what they need to do, and he throws some pitches. That's I, – I don't understand that. As I'm talking as a fan. Jared, I got comments for that, but let's see what you guys say to that. I – you know, it's it's one of those things. It's the World Series. I, I You know, I mean, you really have to be hurt not to pitch in it. So I, it, it's, it's an interesting strategy. Game seven, here we go, I guess. Is it if it gets to a game seven? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's over. I'm calling uh, it. It's John's say it's lock. Over. <laughs> it's, All right, it's so life. I'm going to go with this and say if you are, if you are a person who's who's followed Church's career all the way through this, there are very few people who are as intense as he is. So obviously, if he did not go out there for game five, that dude was hurt. I mean, that there, there was serious. There had to be serious concerns for him going out there. Risking some kind of bodily injury, something deeper, something longer, something that would be, that would be more um, risky than just going out one time. I'm going to lay that out there. There, so I think John, you're being a fanboy on that one, bud, man. You're just being a total fanboy. 
Baseball is not basketball. I think I admitted it. I think I admitted it. I I mean, think I admitted it. Yeah, yeah, you did. But you know what happened when Kogi tore, uh, not Kogi, Kobe tore his ACL, not his ACL, his Achilles? He went Whatever. out there and he, t- he took the free throws. He took the free throws, then what? <laughs> then, then he went what? back to the bench. Then he was out for the year. So, you know, there are always going to be that limit that a player has. And he's worth more than just one game. If he's out there with spasms and something causes something's deeper, a tear of a rotator cuff or in the UCL, you're talking about a guy who's out much longer than that. So you don't risk it, man. We don't know well, the severity or why. If he pitches why, game so. seven, though, if he pitches game seven, that kind of invalidates everything. If he pitches another game in this series, then I stand by my I stand by my, my, uh, well, my complaints. My fanboy complaints. What if his Pardon? arm? What if his arm is body response to treatment of two days? So two days yesterday, today, the day before. What if response to treatment? And you know what? They're desperate in game six, and they throw him out there. You don't know because you're not in the doctors with him. You're not. You don't know. I, I'm telling call. you, I, I'm speaking solely as somebody who's never uh, pitched a game in his life, and I understand just as a fan looking at it and, and looking at the scenario. And and again, I, I I'm I'm trying to uh, appeal to you, Derek, by quoting by using Kobe as the example of somebody who would never not play in a championship game if he could drag his his half dead corpse out there, he would be out there. So, I don't know. Like I said, I just that disappointed me. But anyways, different sport, different situations, and quite frankly, Kobe Bryant was out for about a year. So, Jared, any any thoughts on that? You got nothing there. Tell me what you got. Cuz you played. I, 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 you played the game. I I do. I mean, it's like I said, you really you really got to be hurt not to go out there. I mean, I, I I've pitched with, you know, s- Injuries. I pitched with cut fingers. I've pitched with blisters. You know, I've pitched with a. Uh, I've played with a. Um, I guess basically like a dislocated finger. It was a really bad jam. I couldn't bend a finger. I've played with uh, a sprained ankle. I mean, later in my like my last couple years, I never really got really that hurt. I bro- I played with a a bruised rib for a half a season, which wasn't fun. But you know, I pushed through it, and it wasn't great. But I did push through it. So, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if I can really, really relate, but I mean, you, you really got to be hurt not, not to play. So, so I got, there you go, folks. That's the, uh, the surger debate already folks. We have an interesting show for you. A new pitching coach, Mickey Calloway. There you go. A new assistant hitting coach and five angels are no more, at least not in the organization. All those on today's show before we get there. We'd like to ask you that if you enjoy what we do, please head on over to Apple Music, leave a nice five-star review, subscribe. We'd really appreciate that. It would mean the world to us. If you don't quite want to leave that five stars because something you know, something John said that annoyed you, mm-hmm. I understand. Email us at talkinghalos at gmail.com. Give us your feedback and, and cuss out John there, by the way. John would would um you know, he'll he'll survive. He's he's got Big shoulders. He can carry the weight. And um, there you go. If you are a new listener, geez, lost my train of thought. If you are a new listener and you are enjoying the show, please do us a favor. Text a fellow Angels fan about us. Let them know about our podcast. Again, that all means the world to us. So first things first, former New York Mets manager Mickey Calloway, now the Angels pitching coach. I'm going to roll on over to John first on this one. John, 
What are your thoughts on the hiring of Mr. Callaway? Well, everybody's really excited about him. Uh, and I guess he did wonders in Cleveland, right? He did. Yeah, so you're you're probably pretty familiar with him. So, I mean, I, again, I'm kind of going to repeat a lot of what I said uh, with the hiring of Joe Madden. They are doing all the right things. They are absolutely, I think, hiring the right people, like for, you know, for the whole complexion, for the front. And I'm not saying these aren't talented people because they are talented people. But I'm just saying any fan that's watching the Angels right now should be saying, wow, they are. They're serious. They're serious. And... Uh, you know, but bottom line into the day, it's it's going to play out on the field, and that's when uh, you know free agency is going to be to me the big the big uh, tell on whether or not what's what's going on here. But that being said, they sure are putting together a top rate staff from what I can tell with my limited knowledge of Mickey Callaway, who I've only learned about more since he got hired. Well, Jared, what do you think? I I like Callaway. You know, it was brought to my attention early um, early this off season. I guess now that we're almost a month into this off season, that you know Mickey Callaway was a, was a pitching coach for the Indians. Like you said, he, he the Indians, you know, led the led the majors in ERA and strikeouts during you know that time. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, and that's a, that's a pretty good sign. But you know, I really think what these moves are. And I, Derek, I know you've preached this before when I've come on and talked about our minor leaguers, is these guys are going to get these players now to play at their potential. Joe Madden, that's what he preached, was let's get these guys to play at their potential. Uh, Mickey Calloway, he had a great, great staff in, uh, in Cleveland, and he had a great, great staff in with the Mets. So, I mean, it's... it's um, it's one of those these these are going to be moves to get these guys going at the major league level. I mean, Griffin Canning is very similar to what a Trevor Bauer was. Uh, Jose Suarez is going to I, I think is really going to benefit. A lot of the young guys are going to benefit from this too um, in, in this staff. So it's going to be it's going to be very interesting to see how they get the the young guys to produce at the major league level. Well, let's get some of the numbers there. This We found this one. Uh, Cody Keene, Halo fan for Life 94, responding to Bob Nightingale's response. This being a real nice and succinct. For Cleveland, prior to Callaway joining their staff, they had a 4-3 ERA in 2010, a 4-2-3 ERA in, in 2011, 2012-4-7-8. In the five years, Callaway was the pitching coach for the Indians. 382-356-367-384-330. All under four. The highest he had there was a 384. That's for a team he already, that's excellent. That's excellent. He goes to New York, starts eleven and one. His his pitching staff there were fine. They weren't great hitting coach. They weren't great hitting. They just it's hard to hit in that same in city field, by the way. But he kinda I think he got the short end of the stick out there. He, you have New York expectations. You don't exactly have the world's best front office. You don't exactly have the, an owner who's going to spend a ton of money like the Yankees will. You don't have a whole lot of leeway with the media. And I think in the end, Callaway, his loss to New York or the Angels' gain. And hopefully he'll be with the staff for a long time. 
Probably not. If he does well, he'll wind up managing somewhere again. But, you know, I think it's a great move by the Angels. I think it's a, it's a, an excellent move. And for people who are going to complain about it, well, he look how we did in New York. Well, he's not the manager. He's a pitching coach. And his, his track record is excellent as a pitching coach. Did it all through the Indian system, not just not just those five years at the major league level, but all the way through the minors. And uh, I think it's a great move on their part. It's going to be one of those things where the Angels needed somebody with experience, somebody who would be the guy to step in and turn this thing around. And I think that guy is Mickey Calloway. Serious. I think we all do. Can it be possible? All three of us here agree. I agree. Yeah. All third that. Yeah, I agree. I definitely agree. Uh, I like Cal- overseas. What'd you say, Jared? I said, I, I like Callaway a lot for this position. I, I mean, I thought he was, you, you said it well. He got the short end of the stick with the Mets. I mean, they, they wanted to win now. And I mean, they had a winning, they had 86 wins last year, I believe. So they, they were a winning team last year, but they just, you know, they didn't lead them to the promised land like they wanted to. So it's uh, just kind of one of those unfortunate things for Callaway. And he's, the Angels are going to benefit from it, which is hopefully benefit from it, which is nice to see. All right. Well, there you go, folks. Don't worry about Callaway. Don't worry about where he came from in terms of New York. Look back at Cleveland. And if you want to look at New York, look at his staffs. His staffs were good staffs. He got the best out of his pitchers there. He really did. And it's it's a good move for the Angels. All right, the only thing move. I'm worrying about Callaway is who's he's, who's he, who he's going to be coaching. <laughs> that's, that's what oh. I care about. <laughs> who's he going to be coaching? <laughs> but, you know, in fairness, I, I keep seeing people talking about this, especially on Facebook and the groups in there. They pick really hard at the Angels' talent. And it's like they keep forgetting that most of these pitchers that were called up in 2019 had no business being called up in 2019 yet. They weren't ready. And I think it's not fair to them to hammer them when they needed more time in the minors, when they needed more time to polish up their craft before coming to the majors. And all of a sudden, we're going to crap on Suarez, we're going to crap on on uh, Sandoval and all these guys for not being what you hoped they would be. That's garbage. Uh, to me, you got to give them a little bit of respect for at least giving it a shot and, and playing. These guys, say what you want about Suarez. Suarez did give it his his all out there. It's just that you have to see he was not ready yet. He was in high A a year and a half ago, a year and change ago. So why would you hold that against him? You know, it's just silly to me. We've covered that several times last year. And and that's something again, that I think you pointed out to me, you know, that again, these guys are even canning, you know, it's questionable when they called him up. It's, you know, these guys, should should have had time in the minors, but unfortunately, our starting staff didn't allow didn't allow that. Well, Jared, you you saw Cannon come up. We all saw Cannon come up. I think John was there. John, were you there? I was there. Yes, I yeah. was. So on I TV, mean, by the way, as he yeah. walked past me. Yeah, well, <laughs> you're such a goofball with that. But <laughs> I thought even Canning could have an extra needed an extra few months. Maybe not April, May, but August getting him a chance to get a little more time down there in the minors just to polish up. And uh, even though he did, he did all right. Jared, do you, how did you feel about Canning being called up? I thought Canning was one of the only people that really should have gotten the call this year. 
Um, I didn't think Suarez was ready quite yet. Um, I, I don't know if AAA is, was going to be the best spot for him because of you know how he how he pitches. Um, just just in my opinion, um, though I'll say this: when I do look at pitching down in the minors, I it, it's it's hard to put. I mean, pitching is so hard to to get in a sense um, because. I mean, when they're pitching well in the minors, why not? I mean, quickly move them up. You know, their 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 stuff doesn't change as it you know goes from place to place. It might change with the ball. Um, so, I mean, once you put them in AAA or something like that, because they do play with the new balls in AAA, and we saw that. I mean, this that could be a whole different podcast and how the balls are affected in AAA. Um, but. Yeah, yeah, you know, the quicker you can move a pitcher up, the more, you know, it kind of makes sense for me. Like, Jose Soriano should have probably made his way up to high A, if not double A last year, with the stuff that he was showing in um, Burlington, where, in my opinion, Jose Suarez might have probably almost could have stayed down in double A um, working on his stuff for a while. I mean, he's triple A ready, and I think that he's learned a lot. But Suarez was kind of one of those quandaries for me, and I, I thought Canning was pretty close to being ready, if not ready. And we saw it. I thought he was a good pitch. I thought he pitched well. Um, he pitched to, I believe, pretty close to a two WAR in the time he was up. Um, so there's that, and I think he pitched well. And Sandoval was another guy that I really, and I thought he pitched well. I just thought, you know, he got the he got the tough end of the stick with the or the tough end of it with how he you know, with the innings limit that he had or the pitch limit every time. So just, just kind of one of those things. I mean, if you were going to have a pitch limit on him, you might as well just keep him down in the minors and get that extra year worth of um, year of play for him. So, but those aren't my decisions to make, you know, they needed pitching and that that's just kind of how it rolled. So. Well, they needed pitching. That's just how it's going to happen. I, I tend to agree though. That if they're going to keep on a pitch limit, they might as well just cut him down there. So it was obvious that the Angels desperately needed some kind of help, and they couldn't trade for it at that point. So is what it is. It speaks to, I think, I know that we generally are forgiving of Billy Epler. I think it does speak to some of the shortcomings he's had with the system that there wasn't a whole lot of depth there. Or with free agency, it's free agency And I don't want to hammer him too much because, again, Billy Epler – this human GMs are human, and no, I don't think anybody, when when Cahill was signed, when Cody Allen was signed, I think I was the only person that probably Allen being signed, and Matt Harvey was signed, and we at least thought they would get something out of those three guys, and that's not how it turned out. Just it's, it, To me, it's a rare thing that all three would basically fail. All three of them. I mean, nobody saw that coming. Did you, John, did you see that coming? Well, it fit in character with the season we were having. Um, and again, I, I, no, I mean, I, you know, I, no, I didn't, I guess I I'd say, but it was just such a horrible season. It seemed like anybody that at that towards, especially the second, the last third of the season was just a disaster. And it's really a shame that, you know, I, I'm, I'm just curious to see the Joe Madden. I mean, I know, I, I know he's managed before, but I mean, I'm assuming we're going to lose the opener. We're going to. Um, and again, I, I, I'm sorry, I'm going to circle back to when I said who he's going to pitch, I wasn't, and I don't think that that's what you implied, but I just want to make it clear. I wasn't attacking the current staff we have. I was saying 
who are we going to be adding to this staff that he's going to be pitching? Because we need some need some people who can go seven innings. And we don't have anybody right now who can go seven innings dependably. So that's what we need. We need some length to to make these to give us more expendability so we're not bringing these people up and depending on them so heavily like we were at the end of the season. They had a heavy load on them for young guys who probably should have been in the minors. If they were just sporadically filling in, you know, finishing out games or, you know, opening it, I think they'd have been fine. It's just they had a, they had a heavy burden. Yeah, there's no way you can predict what, what happened to all three of them. I mean, they paid them the money to be average and eat innings and they were not obviously and they did not really i mean yes they ate innings but not in a good way um so it's just it's it was an unfortunate situation and it just kind of goes with the theme along with how the season played out too so it was just an unfortunate season and an unfortunate thing that happened i i just remember being so optimistic about jaime berea at the end of the uh 18 season because he was up at the end of the season and he was pitching very well. And when the season ended, I was very optimistic for him. Um, but I think when he was granted a bigger role, it, I guess the development, the lack of development showed itself. That's been a concern we've all had, but the development at the major league level, once they get there, I had this sort of debate with Dan Garcia over there at All Angels about expected development, but last I checked, players aren't expected to stop developing once they get to the major league level. And I read some stuff on like Doug, what, you know, with Doug White, and, and th- there was some belief that some of the things, that, the impact that he had on the pitchers for the Angels wouldn't be seen this year, but it would be seen in the future. Like it would take some time with what he was trying to teach them for them to finally grasp. And I guess we'll find out, but you have to show some improvement over the season. And what concerned me more than anything else with the young players that the Angels brought up was that there wasn't a whole lot of development across the board. There wasn't a whole lot of improvement. And that's concerning, but we don't know all the essence of the clubhouse. And, and with that, that just brings us back to square one where we were a couple months ago. This is, is what it is. Hopefully, from this point forward, we are seeing the development the system. I know that you know Joe Madden played a key role in several Angels players coming up through the system and developing over the years. Yeah, I'm sure that that's something he wants to see return to. That's what Apple, I'm sure, wants to see return to, just players developing, getting better all the way through at the major league level. All right, speaking of players, five of them cleared waivers today and they have elected free agency. So let's say save our parting shots, say our goodbyes to the following players who – did not accept outright assignments to Salt Lake and instead choose again for agency first baseman Justin Bohr. Justin Bohr, anybody? Thoughts? Not a fan favorite. Not a fan favorite, Jared? Uh, I mean, they, they were going to try to probably sneak him through waivers and it made sense if they were able to keep him because he was only worth $2 million and there is a little bit of upside there, but at the end of the day, it doesn't surprise me too much. All right. Well, I mean, for Justin Bohr, he basically, to me, he was a ginormous Rob Deere <laughs> who hit for worse average. That's all it was to me. I mean, his, his when he makes content, not content, contact, he's out. It's gone. It's huge power, huge holes in his swing. And at his age, I just don't see him getting better. So that I, I get it. Nick Tropiano, he's out of here. Jared, thoughts? Uh, again, I mean, if he would have stayed healthy, that would have been 
that would have been pretty cool but uh but yeah, you know, it's, it's kind of one of those things where you're gonna need the you're gonna need that spot um, on the forty man. So it's it's unfortunate, but it, I think it, it was kind of a long time coming, especially with the injury problems that he's had. John? Yeah, just just a perennial injury. Just he was he was uh, he's an angel, uh, <laughs> angel pitcher, perennially in, injured. Hopefully that's going to change. And well, with Tropiano, he had a couple opportunities this year and didn't show it. He didn't show what he had potential-wise and give the Angels any kind of reason to keep him. So I think it's a call they had to make, not necessarily something you obviously want to make, but they didn't really give him an option in my view. Luis Garcia. John? Don't really have a lot of opinions on him. So I have some, so, but I'll, I guess uh, we'll leave it to Jared to kind of fill some gaps if he has some. Uh, you traded a mediocre pitcher away for a pitcher that uh, had possibly some potential in a high-octane bullpen, which Billy Epler likes, um, and he didn't produce like he uh, was supposed to. It wouldn't surprise me if he went on to another team you know, and became a, you know, a, a decent reliever for a while um, because, because of that you know, high-velocity um, high and the way he pitches, and he's a big guy, and it just, you know, it just makes sense, but Anaheim wasn't the right fitting spot for him. Could have been though. I mean, he he had a nice section of the season, July ish, where he pitched very well. And in between though, he was just so awful. You couldn't really kind of get a, an idea of who he really was as a pitcher. There's just no consistency to him. You didn't know what to expect when he came into a game. And the Angels need consistency out of the bullpen right now. They're desperate for pitching, desperate for something consistent. And so I think you ha- it's a little surprising to me when they have other folks that uh, have lower velocities, have other issues, that they let them go. Like, Adabro- um, geez, the guy they released like four times last season, Adabrelto, Berto, whatever he is, for the guy from the Cardinals. I'm surprised right. that he made it through this first batch. And um, there we go. Caleb Cowart. Jared? Uh, I mean, we saw it last year. It doesn't surprise me again that it happened this year. He just he hasn't turned out to be what he was supposed to be. Somebody will probably give him a chance, you know, again. Um, minor league deal, of course, to see what he can do, especially on the mound, because I've heard rumors that he's touched 96 on the mound. Um, and, you know, he he does have, he plays decent defense. He's got a good arm over there. Um, but the hitting just never really came along, so... Sean. He's, he's he's 27 years old and he really hasn't you know developed to uh, any sort of a regular position. So again, and here's the one I think that surprised me a little bit because I thought he showed something. Miguel Del Pozo, left-handed reliever. I'll say it. He he pitched pretty well considering where he came in. I thought they would have liked to give him more time, and it's a little surprising to see him on there, Jared. Yeah, it was uh, that was kind of an interesting one. I mean, I kind of I did like what he did. Um, he's very similar to Mejia in a way, though. Um, so I guess you had to keep, or you didn't. I guess you didn't have to. But if you were going to keep one of the two, you they like Mejia a little bit more um, for some reason um, than they like Del Pozo. But uh, yeah, you gotta you're gonna have to clear some room. Yeah, I just think I just think they're clearing space. They're just clearing space. 
All right, and so that leads us to our last news, and this is the Angels also hired John Maley, the former hitting coach for the Cubs, also for the Phillies. He is the assistant hitting coach. So there's more to come for hiring. I'm happy mm-hmm. with it. A veteran hitting coach for teams that have hit well in the past. John uh, Joe Madden knows him very well. I'm, I think it's a good hire. Again, a veteran staff, an experienced staff, a guy, a staff that will get stuff out of people. Jared, thoughts? Uh, he's interesting. Done a little research on him. He was with the Marlins from 2002 to 2010. Um, brought up the lights of, I mean, Giancarlo Stanton, just to name one in particular. Um, then he went to Houston, where he was a hitting coach for Bo Porter under the not very good Houston Astros at the time um i from 2013 2014 i believe they had i would assume jose altuve then and before all the big guys came up uh then he went to the cubs where i would assume that i mean he actually he didn't oh yeah he would have met um madden at that point which you know makes sense why he's back here um and then last year he was in philly so the the track record is there he's had some good uh he's had some good you know staffs or and he's had some good players around him and he's developed well so it's it's uh, no surprise that he's here to develop players into what they what they should be yeah i would assume that he yeah that madden knows him as it has worked with him with the cubs so if madden's comfortable with him i guess madden's the madden's the skipper so i'm I, at this point i'm willing to trust uh trust these decisions like i was last year when we supposedly had a plan which has been all blown to heck. So uh, starting plan part two, and uh, and I and I and I, I don't know. Jared wasn't on with this the last time. I just was really, you know, I didn't really know that much about Joe Madden. Obviously, I know who he is, and and I mean, but just the his press conference was just amazing. He was like, uh, he was like Frank Sinatra walking through a casino in a movie, going, "Hey, Joe, what's up? Hey, Mike," you know, winking and nodding and pointing. And uh, I just like, I like the. So if this guy's uh, one of his guys, I, I like it. Again, I just like the experience factor. It was a staff last year that didn't exactly have all the experience I wanted. They didn't have a, the track record of developing long-term and producing players that will put you in contention year in and year out. Managing a game is, I guess, a small part of it when it comes to the overall picture of how a baseball team is run. But when you have veteran leadership in the the clubhouse, you have guys who have been there, done that, worn the T-shirt, I think it's a great thing to see for the Angels. So it's about time for us to head out of here. Before we go, I just want to say, if you're interested in sponsoring us, really appreciate it. Send us an email at talkinghalos at gmail.com, especially if you like what we're doing. Help us get the lights on here. John just lives in his shed half the time right now, so we want to get him, at least give him some lights out there. And it's getting cold in California, people. Stop it. Cold? It what? is, Jared. Oh, Hi, Jared. Oh, tell him it's geez. getting cold. It's getting yeah, cold. We, we hit a low of 52 degrees today. Tonight might be the high here tomorrow. Stop it. You can also give us a voicemail at 657-665-453. Also, be aware that we are part of the Big Heads Media Network. Check out a latest promo from one of our partners out there. My name is Dave Knittle. I'm Christian Knittle. And my name is Matthew Knittle. We are the three hosts of the Bros Talking Soccer podcast. You may have noticed that we all have the same last name. Well, that's because we are brothers, bros, talking soccer. Get it? 
On Bros Talkie Soccer, we talk about what's happening in American and European soccer. We also have interview episodes where we talk with guests working on grassroots projects in American or European soccer. Follow us on Twitter at BT Soccer Pod or visit our website, BrosTalkingSoccer.com, for more info. All of our shows are recorded on YouTube, where you can come interact with us as we record. Bros Talking Soccer is available on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Just search Bros Talking Soccer. Hope to talk to you again soon. All right. So last question of the day for you guys. Where do you want to see the Angels go from here? What's on your mind as we begin to to look at the hot stove season? The World Series is almost over. Let's start with you, Jared. Where do they go? Uh, Mike Trout wins the MVP. I think that's the next thing in line, right? <laughs> is, that, is that not the answer you're looking for? That wasn't the answer I was looking for. This is not the droid <laughs> you're looking for. But I'm, I'm talking about in terms of they've they've hired their assistant hitting coach. They've hired their pitching coach. I'm assuming they're going to be hiring their normal hitting coach soon. Where do they go right now? Where, where are you looking? Well, I mean, to bring back the hitting coach, I believe Jeremy Reed is still here. I don't think Jeremy Reed's gone anywhere, and he was hitting coach last year, if I'm not mistaken. So, um, yeah, that'll. I, I don't know how another hitting coach works or if that plans out, but it'll be interesting. I think a bench coach needs to happen next. That'll be interesting to see where they go. Um, do they bring back somebody who's already been here? I mean, that's a big question mark there. Um, and then, you know, the Rule 5 draft is right around the corner. Decently getting, We're getting to the Rule 5 draft, and there's going to be some interesting names popping up on that and then the you know with having to have the 40-man roster completely set you got to add guys to the uh, 40-man that are rule five eligible so do you add Jemai Jones do you add uh, Jose Rojas so there's some interesting names out there that need to be added or else they can get picked up in the rule five so there's um the season never ends it's I feel like every week we have something different going on I mean so it's it'll be it'll be a fun off season like always John I think Artie just needs to start gathering his cash together. And and the next thing I, I, I'm waiting for is to start spending. I guess they got to make some decisions. Well, they made some decisions today. I'm curious to see what's going to go on with Cole Calhoun. Um, uh, but I, I, as far as me, as John the fan goes, uh, I, I just am looking forward to them spending money on free agents as soon as that, as soon as that window opens up. Spend, you, spend, spend. When you said cash, I just had this image of the Oprah Winfrey show, but instead of it being Oprah, it's Artie jumping up on a couch, just jumping up saying, You get this and you get this and you get this and you and you get it you know, that's the that's the image I had. I'm not sure why I had that image, but that's the one that popped in. I do want to say this. I'm very interested in seeing what they do with Rojas and Jemiah Jones for Rule Five I know a lot of people like Rojas. A lot of fans do not want to see him off somewhere else. Uh, I'm interested in seeing how that rolls. Uh, so, Jared, you piqued my interest when you mentioned that. That one's something I'm curious about. Yeah, that's 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 a big thing. That, I mean, you got to clear a lot of they, they they cleared space today. That was a big part. They're down to 38 guys on their 40 man roster right now. Um, which is super, super interesting, not including Trevor Cahill and including Cole Calhoun. Um, I mean, we could, I guess we could, you know, kind of carry this into the next uh, podcast if you'd like. Well, we can, but I want to make, let's just go ahead and make a call now. I'm going to just, just, 
We'll explain our thoughts next time, but we'll make a quick call. What do you guys say? I'll start with John. Is Cole in or is Cole out? Cole's out. Jared? Cole's out for now. I think he really wants to stay here. If they can get him at a lower um, value, I think he stays. But, I mean, I think he's out in general, but I don't know how long he's out for. I think he, I think he comes back, to be honest, but at a lower cost. For a year? I, they, I mean, because you got Brandon Marsh and Joe Adele behind him. It, yeah, they're they're in a tough spot. I think he's, I think he's out, but there's a possibility of him coming back in. I, I, I really truly think that you know. I'm saying you got yeah. Fletcher. You got Fletcher to cover outfield too. Oh, stop. that guy can do everything. Oh. <laughs> That's your man Joe crush. Jordan did say he loved Fletcher and everything. I mean, who? <laughs> Joe David Fletcher might play 12 positions in a game. I don't know. There's only nine positions out there, and he might play every position twice. You know you know who I was thinking of when I was listening to Joe Madden talk about that? My wife and you. I was thinking separately. All right. Well, I do believe I even sent a tweet out to you regarding I think I took a picture off the TV and sent it out to you. If I didn't, I, I'm going to do that. I really uh, hope that David Fletcher listens to the show just to happen to hear you just man crushing all over this kid. I'm serious. Like, I, I'm man crushing for uh, on behalf of my guys. wife, but I do like him. I do like him a lot, and, and I've seen him. He's already seen me. I'm the guy with the wife and the two kids who took a picture. The drooling wife who took a picture with you at a. <laughs> At the OC dugout. Uh, and then, no, he wasn't there. On, and I know, and then he came over on the field on batting practice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. And hopefully, uh, what's his name? Uh, what's the, I uh, ah, can't remember, super agent. Scott Boris. Yeah, Scott Boris is listening to this, too, because I, I talked to Scott about, you know, getting Garrett Cole over here. And he was noncommittal, actually. So he said it was Garrett's decision. It's pretty so. clear getting Garrett Cole is going to cost arm, leg, and probably the rights to your first and second born child. So I'm, not I, sure if I'm really wants coming to around. Up. I don't know if I did actually put this in a tweet. I, I think I said our last one. I'm starting to come around to Jared's point of view. Not go after Cole. Go well, after that's not what Jared uh, said. Yeah, yeah he did. said go after. Yes, he did. Don't go after Cole. I said it's yes. not the end of the world if they don't get Cole. Oh, okay. Not the end of the world. There, you can you can do a lot with that money. Um, there are a lot of interesting free agents and a lot of interesting trade candidates you can go and get. But I mean, if you do get Cole, you go. I tweeted it a couple days ago. You just just might as well go all in. Go get the next big free agent starting pitcher, whoever you think it is, and go make a trade for a big starting pitcher, whoever you think uh, you think you need to make this team a real contender in 2020. And I think it, think it, think it might happen. Joe Madden's a, uh, Joe Madden wants it. I mean, everybody wants it. So it, it'll be, like I said, I've been saying it, it's going to be a fun off season. I mean, they need, they need a, uh, a catch or two. I, the rumors being, they're going to stay right below the, the luxury tax. I'm thinking, okay, with 30, 30, I mean, who can they afford? And I still believe there's the possibility of a mystery bet in there somewhere where it'll be, we'll just hear Angel sign this person. And we're like, I didn't think about him. Well, I remember Derek talking about that on Talking Halos. I really think that it's, they're looking for, they're looking for production. And it wouldn't surprise me if they just said, okay, you know what, that person's there. We want to win. Let's go for it. Take a shot. It just wouldn't surprise me. 
I think Artie's tired of losing. I think Artie's that place now where you know, if there's an opportunity and someone's not making the right call on, say, Rondon, he might give the green line to say, okay, go, go ahead and go give him a try. Let's see if they get him. If you already have Mike Trout and you get a Garrett Cole and another top line, I mean, I don't know how you don't go for it. At that, I mean, you really have to go all in. I mean, it's money. You still have a. I mean, the Angels still have a relatively high payroll. They're still paying for Pujols, and he's Pujols is basically gonna. Apparently, he's gonna play until infinity. So, I mean, that's. You still have a high payroll, John. I can't Jerry, wait to. Re- I can't wait to see his see his baseball card in, in Infinity. <laughs> Buzz Lightyear, John. I mean, Jared. Any any last thought on that? On what are we talking about, Pujols or just? I mean, uh, just, I I I'm saying I would not be surprised if they took a mystery shot, somebody like Rendome or somebody else that maybe doesn't sign right away, and they're like, eh, why not just go for it. Yeah, I mean the the Braves did pretty good with getting Josh Donaldson in a one year deal, and they they hypothetically really didn't need him. I mean, it wasn't a bad signing by any means, and I don't think the Angels should go out and try to sign Josh Donaldson. But it wouldn't surprise me if they went out and looked at a guy like Josh Donaldson on a two year deal or something along the lines of that. You know, it, it would definitely wouldn't surprise me, or Anthony Rendon, or somebody that you know might be decent that you know didn't sign early and isn't going to get the money and the i mean the market fluctuates so crazily now that i just it's 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 impossible to tell but yeah you know while everybody's looking at starting pitching i mean the angels could definitely go in there and swoop up somebody and make a couple trades and say oh you know anthony rendon's our starting third baseman now you know it wouldn't surprise me all right so there we are folks we'll we'll save the cold cow whom we've actually not talked very much about it so there we go. Next show. Heck, by next show, you might even know his fate. So we'll see you next weekend. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Talking Halos. You can search for our page on Facebook, Talking Halos Group. You can find me on Twitter at DC Paul. You can find John at Jay's Train John and Jared Timms at Jared underscore Timms. We are everywhere podcast. I mean, at least almost everywhere, including Spreaker, iHeartRadio, Spotify. And, of course, Apple Music. Make sure you check us out in all those places. So for John and Jared, this is Derek C. Paul saying take it easy. We'll see you soon. In the meantime, we're out of here. Have your own bathroom or you share one with your family a little extra help keeping the bathroom sink counter and mirror clean goes a long way and viva paper towels are for the long haul they're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand and they clean like cloth helping you keep the surfaces in your bathroom dry and fingerprint and toothpaste free for an exceptional bathroom clean there's viva paper towels visit vivatowels.com to learn more 
You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.